This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and were subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as we're living, we will love our sons deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Um, how are you? I, you know, I am good. I feel like the holidays were a holiday, which means not the best, but they're done and I feel alive. You feel alive. I feel alive. I feel alive. I think that's a good place to start. I think that is not how you feel. I don't, I don't, I don't feel particularly alive. (laughs) Uh, but you know, I don't feel particularly dead either. That's good. I'm glad that December is over. Honestly, to me, that's like the best progress that I could have made. Um, but things are complicated, you know? Very complicated. So we're, we're just chugging along. I'm glad Eden's birthday party's behind me. I'm glad his birthday's behind me. I'm glad my birthday's behind me. And I'm just... Totally. Um, so do you want to read that message that we got from Leah because I think it's like a way to set the stage for what we want to accomplish just got back from my Monday walk listening to Miriam's episode and I truly feel like I just graduated from a month-long friends of grievers support group I hope bereaved parents got something out of the series as well it was so so wonderful to listen to as a friend thank you again first of all isn't Leah Leah a peach she is a wonderful person for the win but I also think that she, um, I love when she said a support group for friends because being yes. a friend is really hard. So I think when I wanted to, what I want to communicate in this episode is first just to say that it's really hard what you're doing. Supporting yes. a grieving friend feels impossible. You never feel like you're doing the right thing. You never feel like you're saying the right thing. You feel like you're afraid to say something, but then you're afraid not to say something. You're afraid and you're afraid if you, you say something, you screwed it up and they right. don't respond. Is that because they saw it and liked it and felt comforted? Or is that because they saw it and hated it and are on the floor? <laughs> or is it unrelated to you at all? <laughs> right. And I think what came across as first and foremost is that the people who are supporting grieving people are their biggest fear is that they're going to make it worse somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the second thing that I gathered is that they're also grieving the loss of their friend because the friend is really no longer available to them. And so they're in a really difficult spot. Someone who was always a support for them is now gone. And they don't even, there's no instruction manual to be a friend. I know my friend Julia said that in her episode, but there's no way to do this. There's no, there's no instruction manual to follow. And so um, I think the first thing I want to say is I just want to extend empathy that this is something that's really difficult. And when you're, so in it, it's impossible to feel empathy for anything except yourself because you're the one who's suffering the ultimate amount. But now that I've been removed from the situation for some time, I really can have a lot of empathy for the people who are supporting me. So I just want to say um, that this is really difficult. 
want to validate that. Yes, it is very difficult to support a grieving person. Yeah. Very difficult. So what are some things, if we, I want to like break this down into a way that's kind of digestible. So I guess what would be the categories of things that we want to say? The first would be, you know, things to do and maybe things not to do mm-hmm. to support a yep. friend. Is there any yep. other categories that maybe we should touch on? Uh, I think maybe something like things that are normal yeah, and expected, yeah. things you should yeah. expect when supporting yeah. a grieving person. Yeah. And then maybe at the end, I I would also like to, in this episode, do a quick recap of each of the episodes so that if people have one in particular they want to listen to. And then I think we should also do a recap of other episodes we've done that could help a grief supporting friend so that they can kind of have like a little table of contents of episodes they can go take a look at. If they're, if you, if you are a friend of a griever and your grieving person has sent you this episode, we want you to have a A map of as long as I'm living podcasts so that you can listen to just a couple of quick episodes and be able to support your grieving friend better. That's the goal of this episode, I think. So things to do, I would say the first and foremost is that even that you will likely reach out and that your grieving person will not respond. Yes. You're going to ask yourself, did I say something wrong? What was I supposed to say? How many times can I send checking in? How many times can I send, how many times can I say, how are you? That seems like such a stupid question. Obviously they're horrible. So what am I supposed to say? Um, Should I stop texting if they don't answer? So I guess the first thing I want to say is you're going to keep, you're going to reach out. They're not going to respond. And that's normal. And that's normal. You are still doing the right thing by, by reaching out, even if they're not responding. I'm also going to validate that is hard to just keep doing it over and over again and not getting any response. If the friendship is important to you, I can, I can guarantee you that this person will eventually come back into the land of the living and they will appreciate that you continue to check in. Yes. So Um, now you're checking in. What do you say? (laughs) Now you're checking in. What do you say? So I think sometimes the best thing to do is just to send an emoji. I think that it's just like, just send a heart. Say, we could say, like, I'm thinking about, you know, the name of the baby. I'm thinking about Aiden. I'm thinking about your mother, if it's your mother who passed away. I'm thinking about whoever it is. I'm thinking about them today. Don't say, don't maybe don't ask questions as a way to start because I think questions are tricky. Um, yep. One example of a variation, variation you can ask is, how are you feeling today? Which is a little mm-hmm. more narrow as opposed to how are you? But I would say send an emoji. Send, uh, I was thinking about your person today that you lost. Um, yep. and ask, how are you feeling? If you want to ask a question, how are you feeling today? Yeah. I also like the idea of starting, things. start with an emoji, say something really short and sweet, like, Hey, thinking about you today, hoping X, Y, Z goes well or whatever. And then if that person responds with something, you know, where they clearly are ready to engage, then maybe you can ask follow-up questions yeah. like, Oh, how did that go? How are you feeling this morning about ABC? Something like that. But it's that. very so that's likely that they're not going to gonna respond. Very likely, likely. especially if it's early days, it's very likely that they're not going to respond. And that's okay. The other thing I'll say of something to do uh, is put a reminder in your phone right now of all the important dates. Right now. Right now. Find out the day the child died. Find out the day they found out they were pregnant. Find out the day that all the milestones, find them out now and put them in your calendar for the next five years. And then also put a reminder to text your person, like, let's say once a week. But also remember those important days because the gist of what I think feels the most comforting 
is when you carry their loss too, which we've said a lot of times, but that means that you shoulder some of the burden of honoring and remembering that person. So it doesn't feel good. You know, it had this just happened to me. I haven't lost her too. Where a friend texted me and said, hey, do you want to come over and hang out on March 4th? They literally said that. They're like, why don't you come up to Philadelphia for the day and we can hang out? And I was like, no, that's Aiden's <laughs> death anniversary. Like, you don't have to know much, but know generally so you can reach out to me and say, hey, I know this time of year is really hard for you. Preemptive. That feels yes. really good. There are people who you're who maybe are less close to the griever and those people are going to have their memory judged by the griever posting on Facebook or posting on Instagram. Right. And you, the griever is always going to get a ton of messages after they post stuff like that. That's like, oh, thinking about you. And it feels less sincere when you get a hey, thinking about you message after you made a post that jogs someone's memory about you. Whereas when the, when it comes preemptively, when it comes from the friend directly, that someone who's close to you before you even post or like reach out, that feels so much more meaningful. A hundred and fifty percent. And I will also add, it's if you are close enough to this person that you know important dates in their life currently. Like, let's say, you know, when I was pregnant, my friend Miriam, you can listen to Miriam's episode, she remembered when I had all my big OB scans. She knew when Mm -hmm. I had my doctor appointments. Um, And I'll also add another thing that was really meaningful is that she remembered all these different characters in my life. When you're losing someone, it's like you make new lost parent friends, you have new doctors, let's say you're seeing a psychiatrist for the first time, you move to obese. If you can find out the names of those other lost parents, find out the names of all these new people that are part of their world and remember them. So you can ask me, well, how is Alina? That would feel so much like you are involved Mm -hmm. in my life in a way that you really care. Or you ask, well, what did Dr. Brock say about, you know, you're trying to get pregnant again? Remember Uh the names of our doctors. Remember the big important uh, appointments we have. Remember the big just all those new moving pieces, if you remember them, it feels like you're in it with me as opposed to asking me, how are you? Yes. Because I'm not going to have an answer for how are you. But if you ask me, you know, did you, how is Alina doing? I can answer mm-hmm. that better than how are you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm serious. I really like that when friends do that. I do, do like too. Yeah. I love that. Uh, people ask about you all the time. My therapist asks about you. Yeah, people ask <laughs> me about you. How's doing with Adam's birthday? <laughs> My therapist, my therapist knows a lot about you. <laughs> um, um, okay. Yeah. So then I, another thing I want to say is as I'm hearing us talk about this, like this is a big ask. We're asking you to like do a lot of emotional labor. I hear you. I want to encourage you to think about what types of support are sustainable for you to do regularly and only offer those things. If you don't live nearby, don't offer to do a whole food delivery thing. Like you can't actually execute on that. Pick a thing that you can do with your life circumstances, with your energy level. Maybe you have a lot going on. Maybe you're also pregnant. Pick a thing that you can do. Let them know you're going to do it and then do it. Execute on it. I would rather that somebody offer a smaller thing and do it regularly and show up for that smaller thing than to promise me the world, which may feel better in that at that promise. But if they don't follow through, that feels so much worse than if it had never, never been offered in the first place. Yes. And I would say I'm almost two years out. It's really painful. The people that I thought were my closest friends in the entire world, that they've kind of disappeared. Grief is long. 
it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And two years might feel like a long time to you, but I'm still struggling with literally hourly. I am struggling with things that have been touched by this loss in a way that's incredibly difficult and challenging. And so I know it sounds like, oh my God, I have to still do this in two years. Yes. You still need to check in in two years. You're going to need to, maybe not every week, but a hundred percent continuous check in for years. Yes. Years. Because my loss is never going away. Mm -hmm. And it hurts so much when I, the people I thought were friends for life, like they're like, it's too hard and they bow it. Yeah. It's, this is taking too long. That hurts a lot. Um, yeah. Another thing that I'll say is about um, where you should find support as a friend. Mm -hmm. So this is really challenging because maybe the person that you are supporting is someone that typically would help you. Like I know for Alina, you really helped your friend Julia. And now all of a sudden <laughs> your friend Julia doesn't have their friend Alina. anymore. Yeah. And so it can be tempting to be like, I want to go back to my friend for support but it's very likely that your friend can't support you right now. And so even though this loss is difficult on everyone, find other places to get your support. Don't call your grieving person and complain about your daily problems. Um, right. Because I think it's, it's really painful to hear. It's like, well, you're worried about getting your promotion. Like that's, that's dumb. I can't care. I'm not yeah. the right friend to talk to right now about your promotion. And let me say it, like Judith said, right now, like, it will right now. come back. It the will. grieving person, again, if they are an important person to you, like they will come back into your life. Yeah. Your job in this really heavy time and during the difficult times of like, you know, at death anniversaries, birthdays, et cetera, at those times is to kind of take a step back, do what you can for them and know that they will come back to you and be able to support you and be able to have space for you and your needs eventually. It's just, it takes time and you have to be patient. And we know In it's Miriam's hard. episode, we spoke about how Miriam didn't, Miriam had two kids at the time. Now she has three, but Miriam didn't talk about one thing going on in her life for nine months. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was, it made me feel good that I could answer her call and I didn't have to be worried that she was going to take any of my mental space. Mm -hmm. um, I also want and, to say and on this note as well, my friend Julia talked about how it's really not, she says explicitly, it's not that hard to not talk about her daughter and her stuff with me. She has other people she can talk to about that. Like she valued our friendship enough to know that like she had, unfortunately, had to censor a lot of conversation and stories about her living daughter because it was too painful yeah. for me. And I really appreciate that she did that and that she said that so explicitly because I think as the griever, it can sometimes feel like you're asking for too much to have somebody not talk about their kids, but it's really not too much, especially because it is temporary, you know? Yeah. It's short. It's short lived. It feels long and hard and it is long and hard, but like the really deep, the, the periods of time when you literally can't hear, bear to hear about other people's babies are, it is overall short and it does get better and it comes and goes in waves, but it doesn't last forever. Um, what do you want to say to the idea that like we still have such high needs years mm -hmm. later? Yeah. Um, and we still need love and support. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that other than there's something that I think is 
very altruistic about supporting a grieving person. It's giving without expectations of receiving. And I know that that's not for everyone. And the reality is this may not be the right season for you. Do you know what I mean by that? To have a close friendship with this person might not be the right time. It might not be the right time. It just might not be the right time. And you may not be the right person to carry them through this loss. You might be, I don't know. But let's say you're pregnant with your first and your friend just had a stillbirth. You are likely, even though you want to so desperately, you may not be the right person to get them through this difficult time. That doesn't mean you shouldn't check in, but it's likely that they're not going to turn to you for support. And I also want to validate how hard it is. Maybe you guys, maybe you pictured raising your babies together with your friend and now you have that loss as well. Your friend is not going to be in the picture for your baby's life because it's too painful for them. That is hard and sad. Mm-hmm. That is its own loss mm-hmm. for your friend. It's probably number, you know, 97 on a list of 150 losses, right? Yeah. It's pretty close to the bottom. And for you, it might be toward the top. Um, it's hard and sad. Like know that your friend also is grieving that loss. It's just that they have so many other things as well, that that's not really going to be something that is their priority. Yeah. But I, I, I need you to know, like as the grieving person, like I, it makes me sad that I'm missing out on my friend Julia's baby's life. Yeah as much as I am, because it's too painful for me. That's a loss for me. As but well. I don't think I could do anything different. Exactly. Exactly. Um, another thing I want to say is <laughs> that something that feels really good is when um, you make your own traditions to connect to my son that mm-hmm. don't have me in it. I want you to tell me about them, but I want, but it means so much for the friends that have adopted new things in their life to do to remember him without my asking. So Miriam lights a candle for Aiden every Friday. Um, Mm -hmm. My friend Leah goes for a walk. There's a street near her house that starts with um, Quinn's name. And so she goes for a walk every day or most days of the week. And she texts me sometimes when she's on that street because it reminds her of him. A hundred percent. Exactly. Things like that. My sister, it was just Aiden's birthday and family's different but i'll just say for the purposes of this conversation um my sister made a book for my daughter called like brothers are everywhere something about brothers okay big but whatever and she instead of just like giving the book she photocopied i guess the pages that were relevant to aiden and she put pictures of him in there so now in her house like it's a more inclusive book it's not just like Mm -hmm. brothers are this defined thing like brothers look she wants to teach her kids that brothers look like a bunch of different things. That's so um, cute. Yeah. And I think uh, that meant a lot to me because it shows that she takes this. This is, this is changing her household too. You know? Yeah. yeah. My friend Ahuva, her husband, for months after Aiden died, like they're very religious people and her husband would like learn a passage of Torah in his memory and text me. Say, I just want, you know, I, I just learned this interesting thing and I did it in memory of Aiden. I didn't ask him to do that. Do I particularly want to learn passages of Torah? No, but it's meaningful to him. And I didn't ask him to do it. And it just shows that he's fostering this relationship with Aiden outside of me. That feels yes. so good. Completely. I completely agree with that. I, 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 I completely agree. So what are some things that we would say would make it work? 
things. Because if they're saying, I don't want to make it worse, so what are some things that would make it worse? Here, I think, is the, this is the overall, overall gist of what I'm going to say makes it worse. Do not make it about you. This episode, you were listening to this episode, so I know you're a good friend, okay? I know this is hard for you. Your grieving person knows this is hard for you. Judith knows this is hard for you. We all recognize this is hard for you. It's harder for the grieving person. This is not about you. It's just the truth. You have to kind of set yourself aside. So if you are, if you are making decisions based on your own comfort level, I hear you. Sometimes you need to do that, but you're probably not making it better for the grieving person. It doesn't feel good to hear. I hug my child so much tighter. Yeah. If this loss impacted you and how you parent, I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But don't share that with your group because that's it the just thing. rubs in their face. I hope that people who hear about my loss hug their children tighter. I really do hope that because that's what that's, that's meaningful to me, right? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I genuinely do not want to hear about it. It is rubbing salt in my wounds. So do yes. not tell me. But I like I do hope that you are doing that. I hope that you recognize how lucky you are and that if you have alive children, and no dead children, I hope you recognize that it is completely luck. (laughs) Yeah. You know, by the grace of God. What's that phrase? There, but for the grace of God, go I. I'm not religious. Is that a phrase? I don't know, but you just got lucky. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Something that Miriam said that really struck with me is meet the person where they are. So if you're grieving, so if you go to your, if let's say you want to go and see the grieving person, tell them, we don't want to talk about anything. You could just lie on the floor and stare at the ceiling and then go and sit and be quiet and be quiet. Just follow yes. their lead. Don't try and fix anything. Just crawl into the deep, dark hole and lie down next to them. Yeah. That's, it. that's, that's actually a that's key. If you were trying to fix, if you were trying to fix it, if you were trying make to them make feel better, make them feel, make feel better, better. That's not going to work. You cannot make them feel better. So do not try because the trying is very painful on the receiving end because what it, what it says is when I feel as though someone's trying actively to make me feel better, what I want to do is scream at them and say, I will never feel better. My child is dead. It does not feel good. It is not comforting. So I would say something like, this is really hard. This is horrible. Yeah. This is a nightmare. Just validate how awful it is and sit with them in the sucky, shitty feeling that it is. And it's uncomfortable. And we know. Okay. So I think we should do a quick little recap. We have five episodes in this series that we would love for you to go back and listen to. I will link all of them in the description. The first one is Judith's friend, Julia. Want to do a like two sentence recap of that one? Good. Julia and I um, lived in St. Louis together and we were really on the same track. Our husbands were both in graduate school. We were just, we moved to St. Louis at the same time. We left St. Louis at the same time. We were both advancing at the same pace in our careers. Um, we were both starting to think about having kids around the same time. Uh, and then I had Aiden and he died. And a month later she got pregnant with her son and he's still alive. Yeah. This, so that one's called the one where Judith's friendship changed. Your friendship changed a lot with Julia. Um, the second episode in the series is called the one where Alina needed help. And that's an interview with my really good friend, Leah. We met in college. We've been friends for over a decade. 
Um, and I, I think the gist of this episode is I used to be a super competent person who really was very self-sufficient and then Quinn died and I needed help. And my friend Leah jumped at the opportunity. There were, there were months where she fed me at least one meal a week and she would offer to take me on walks. I mean, she just literally just showed up, but she just kept doing things and just kept doing them right. The other thing I'll say about Leah is you know, she, she researched, she would listen to this podcast, even if it wasn't me, like, and I know, you know, that you relate to that with your friend Miriam too, but this is, it's a really good example of just like what it looks like to be a friend that somebody relies on so much. I think it's hard for her in some ways and also really, you know, beautiful for her in some ways. So, um, that's the second episode. And then the third episode is called the one where Judith apologizes. Rachel tried very hard to support me in the ways that she knew how. And, um, I was not interested and she tried and she tried and she tried and I ignored her calls, ignored her calls, ignored her calls, ignored her calls. And, um, and I felt like now and part of, you know, a couple of years later having this conversation, I realized how much I hurt her in the process. And so I think that this is a really helpful conversation if you feel like you're trying and it's just not getting through and you feel like they're never going to talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. The fourth episode is called "The One Where Everybody Did the Best They Could." This is an interview with my friend Julia. Yes, there are two Julias: Judith Julia and Alina's Julia. Um, so Alina's Julia. This episode, um, similar to Judith's Julia, we were on the same track. We got married the same year. We got pregnant the same year. And then uh, when Julia was pregnant with her daughter, um, Quinn died, and. It's been hard for us. We still have a ton of love, but just because of our life circumstances and we both have, you know, some mental health things going on. I have anxiety and PTSD from losing Quinn. She has some things that she goes into in the episode, um, including postpartum harm OCD. So uh, content note on that. We do talk about that a little bit. Um, and it's just been really hard. We've triggered each other a couple of times and we just we're doing the best we can. And it's still really fucking hard. And we love each other a ton and it's still really fucking hard. It's an and situation, not an or, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, the last, last episode, episode in the series is the one with the friend. My friend Miriam. In this episode, mm-hmm. it comes from things that Miriam did right. Yes. And I think for me, Miriam has been a rock and a sense of just deep support and love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a conversation with her about, how she navigated this and how we as a friend became closer through this experience. And, you know, on, on the note of Miriam's episode, I, I kind of want to quickly address that you and I are really good friends, right? Yeah. And we didn't know each other before this loss. So I think one last thing I kind of want to say to the friends of grieving people is that your grieving person might make some new really close friends with other people who are going through something similar. And I want to remind you that it's not a personal failing on your part, that you're not able to be there for them in the exact way that they need. Um, it's good that they're finding, you know, friends who have their life circumstances and they're, you know, growing and healing together. Like that's a really good thing. And one of the things that Miriam said is that she noticed Judith was able to kind of come back more into full friendship with her once Judith found me. So once some of the grief was able to be carried by me, um, Judith was able to ask Miriam, you know, how was, how's your new house and like all of that. So Judith came back more 
to Miriam as a regular friendship um, once she made grief friends. So I think that's an interesting point to note. And I don't want people to be discouraged when their friend is leaning on new people. That was an excellent conversation. Lastly, I'm going to link a couple of more episodes in the description that are like helpful episodes. So one is called, I can't imagine that's things to say or not say to your grieving person. Um, We have a gift guide for grievers. That is things to buy your grieving person and also just ways to support them in general. What else? Just the two big, big ones. Yeah, I think those are the kind of you like know, the two biggies. What about the Superwoman one? Um, oh yes, Wonder Woman uh, is a great episode. That's one of our earliest episodes, but I really like that one. It's a good one about, to talk about, like what certain things feel like when people say them. Yeah. Um, so I'll link all three of those. I may link a couple others if I go through and and. Oh, you know um, what else I think is a good one? The one where what? we speak to someone, like how to support someone who just had a loss, where we speak about what to say at a shiva, and you go to a shiva, but not. I already have, that's, I can't imagine. That's that Oh, one. that's, I can't imagine. Yeah. Good. Okay, well, those are some good starting toolkits mm-hmm. for you. I want to end by saying one more thing. I just want to say thank you. Thank you yeah. for, because your grieving person likely is not saying thank you right now. <laughs> Really we will say thank someone. you for them. Yeah, it's really hard to thank someone when you're drowning, and it's like thank mm-hmm. you for what? I rather not. I don't want any of this. There's nothing to thank you. Yeah. I, I don't want this. Yeah. help. I need it. Um, yeah. So I just want to say thank you for trying. Thank you for listening to this episode to try and learn more. Thank you for joining us in our world. Thank you for being sad with us. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for for trying your absolute hardest in an impossible situation. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at aslongasimlivingpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at aslongasimlivingpodcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay!